Happy Halloween, trick-or-treaters, dreamers, campers, suspects, and deadites. What you're about to hear is a clip from our exclusive Patreon episode on Toby Hooper's 1982 horror blockbuster, Poltergeist. How do you hear the full thing? And I'm talking three hours on the Toby Hooper, Steven Spielberg production. Well, become a member of our Patreon, The Rewind. You can find a link in the description of this episode, or you can visit www.patreon.com slash Halloweeniespod. Hope to see you there so we can give you one more scare. The spectacle of it all is just something I was thinking and chewing on because it's like, that's just a magic that doesn't really exist in movies anymore. Like the spectacle of it all almost is like, oh, what Easter eggs are we going to get these days? And that, I, I don't know, there's something nostalgic about revisiting this movie and thinking of maybe not even, I guess antiquated is the word, but like, oh, remember a time when yeah. the magic show was the cell in, a, in, in, in movie making. And I just don't know when that ended. Like w- when was the last time that we ever actually felt that? I'm going to say the 90s, hmm. but... I just feel like that's where it happened. I think that's where everything got a little too self-referential, a little too ironic, maybe. Because mm-hmm. let me ask you this question. Do you think our do you think our adoration for Poltergeist, how much how much of it is nostalgia? Or the film is just like a warm blanket because we've seen it so many times. And if Poltergeist came out today or a film similar to it, would we, because we weren't we're not two or three however old we are when we finally see it, that or just looking at it as, you know, critics. Looking at it decades later, I found the, the parts I maybe wasn't as invested in as a, as a kid or a teenager, a.k.a. the familial dramatic elements. I thought that they were extremely strong watching 100%. it now. And that's what, stu- that's what stands out to me now, 40 years later. Because, you know, look, this is also in the middle of the slasher era. That's horror movies at this point in time. And to have a family at the forefront was just not really seen a lot. And I think they did an incredible job casting that family. I mean, you believe that that's an actual family. Like you don't think it's Craig T. Nelson, Joe Beth Williams and the kids. It's you feel like they have been together for years and these are their kids and this is the house they live in. Well, hold that thought though, because that's something I really do want to get into in terms of the, what ultimately is the big sell of this movie, because it connects to a larger discussion that involves Spielberg, that involves June of 1982, that involves a lot of things. Mac, what do you think? What, what is the magic show a big sell for you in this movie or was it as a kid? Uh, I think it, it was, I mean, it was a time where I was really leaning into that kind of majesty in film and that kind of spectacle like you know it's the the end of raiders where the ghosts are all mm-hmm. roaming around and it, oh. that that really reminded me a lot of that when the the ghost comes out of the tv and stuff and the, the way that they use those effects really reminded me of that kind of thing and to your point i think the last time i remember special effects being a big deal for film was and i don't even like the movie but avatar you know going to see that that was like go you know this this it was groundbreaking 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 but after that day now it's just kind of expected to be good and expected to be that level and there isn't anything that comes out where it's like oh man like you thought avatar was amazing like special effects wise this it's not that anymore i mean i remember watching orphan black right on sci-fi and 
it, it's amazing to me the way that they are able to do that and make you believe that it, that Tatiana Maslany is is all of these people, and they seamlessly do it where you don't you can't even tell that it's 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 all being done with you know camera tricks and you know people doubling and and it's weird now. I think it really is just kind of expected. It's like we've got to that level. We have the technology. Don't you know? There's there's no uh, there is no expectation of something to be groundbreaking or something to to fool us or be like, oh my god, like, I can't believe like this is amazing. It's like it's all been done now. Got so it. I don't know. So I do think that what you're saying earlier about it is very much like it's not about the special effects anymore. It's about like, oh, I'm gonna watch this movie and like I'm gonna be able to pick out all the things that it's referencing. Because everything is about nostalgia now and every, everything's trying to ape old stuff. And I was talking about this yesterday. Some people, I said, you know, if, if as we move forward in time and we're just doing things that are like nostalgia watches or whatever, or everything's harkening back to things that we watched when we were younger and there's no original things, what are those kids when they grow up? What what are the movies going to be like nostalgia after nostalgia after nostalgia? I don't know. That's I a know. little side, side tangent. No, it's but. a good, no, it's, it's connected to this though. Cause it's, that's the feeling that I'm having is that watching this, I'm watching original creators trying to tell an original story, but also find original ways to bring it to life. And all that whole package deal is kind of a sentiment that I'm, I'm digging at throughout this entire episode. And ultimately, honestly, the, the lately just across all the podcasts, but Justin, you have something to say? Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of the spectacle, whereas we were so concentrated on groundbreaking special effects, I think mm-hmm. what's happened now, and this is not negative in my opinion at all, it's just a different way of being blown away, is now we've gone away from special effects tricking us into believing something's happening, and now we've entered the Tom Cruise of it all, where now we're trying to pull off actual things the impossible. happening. The impo- yeah. Literally the impossible, Mission Impossible. So, yeah. if, you know, we got the Mission Impossible stunts that, that are more or less really happening. There's no cute amazing direct uh, CGI going on there. And then I haven't seen it yet, but by all accounts, Top Gun Maverick, you know, you're literally in these jets going that fast with these actors. It's not green screen. It's not stunt people for, well, some of them are stunt people, but well, so I think that's the new spectacle is seeing people pull off what you think is the impossible as opposed to the impossible, the conjuring uh, of it all, the conjuring, of, the yeah. smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it's very much like the video games, like how everything was trying to get to how small can it be and how figured out can it be on the screen? And, and, and you're only pressing some buttons and now everything goes. And then once you got there, everything started going backwards and it was like, okay, well now we have like the Wii where everything's physical again mm-hmm. and you have to move moving and you have to do these things. And it's kind of like, we hit that peak of, of, you know, CG of special effects being really mastered. Uh, and uh, well, depends on the movie. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it really does. But now it's like Justin said, it really is like, okay, well, we're actually going to put someone in real danger and that's why you should come see this movie. It's like, mm-hmm. it's gone backwards mm-hmm. because that isn't the selling point. Like you said, Mike, it's not the selling point anymore. So this is kind of, fun to watch this movie and see like this is the first time a lot of folks are seeing special effects on this level um in 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 their in what they can picture is their home because it's yeah. just it's exactly. just a neighborhood you know so it's really yeah. kind of cool they can like it, it it's putting yourself in the in their shoes because it's just an everyday it's an american family right yep, yep. one of the things i missed the most about kind of the golden era of blockbuster you know the one that we grew up in the best one is the it making is, yeah there's no, it's not subjective it's, the it's, ma- it's, it's well, sorry like the making of specials on uh that would run on hbo 
or even yes. on like primetime TV. And that's there a big like part. 10 minutes though on HBO, oh, you know, sure. I know. Like and I'd always get preview, so you know? bummed out. I'd like, be like, come on, give me, you know, but that's, what's missing from the movies today. There's no, how did they do that? So no, because there is why do you want to sit and watch now? the making of it? Cause you're like, hey, it's, it's just a bunch of nerds in a computer room, not a bunch of bearded nerds uh, in a parking lot. With a, a giant rubber monster. A giant arm, you know, yeah. like trying to make this thing look lifelike. Well, it, it's, shooting, the, shooting the second unit footage. Well, isn't it fitting that we're having this discussion at a, during a time like our season of Evil Dead in which, you know, the great graphics, if you will, were also just as interesting as the ones that are at a blockbuster level, if not more, because of what you're just saying, Mike. It's like the guys that are in the the, the parking lot. I was like, hey, man, how'd they do that? Let's go try to do that on our own. And like that ingenuity spawned another sort of, you know, genre or sort of industry that, you know, kind of connects a little bit in, into the Savini era where it's like, all right, I'm going to figure this out. My, my DIY 